Welcome to Diving Into Writing with me, Lucinda Pebre and Marielle Smith. Join us as we dive beyond the surface of our writing practice. Hi, Marielle. Hey, Lou. We've had a bit of a longer break than we anticipated. Well, we, we weren't anticipating any break. <laughs> yeah. But then COVID got me and I yeah. still sound <clears throat> I still sound like COVID got me and it got me good. So yeah. Everyone will be convinced that COVID got you because you sound so COVID. I found it really interesting that we had our affairs, we had our ducks in a row. We knew what we were doing. We knew what we were talking about when. We knew when we were going to record. We knew what we were. I was finally clear on when which episode was going out. And then I got COVID and my brain was just scrambled. I couldn't do, I couldn't think anymore. Like I said, I got it, I got it really bad. I don't even know how many episodes we skipped. That's, I don't, I, I'm completely lost. Yeah. Only one. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad. Oh, that's not bad. So, Happy New Year, because this is coming out in a new year, but we're recording this the day after Christmas, so I'm guessing yesterday's episode didn't go out. I'm guessing this episode should have gone out yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not. So, Happy New Year, Lou. Happy New Year to you, too. So, we were going to do a little check-in. Which always makes me nervous. <laughs> and it never makes me nervous because I'm really good with goals. Um, but <laughs> turns out um, when after four years you finally catch COVID, everything screeches to a halt, apparently. This is the only thing with setting goals is sometimes the universe goes, mm, that's what you think is going to happen. But there's always this difference between what you want and what you need. And sometimes what you need is radically different <laughs> from what you think you want. I don't think you needed COVID. I know, but I definitely needed not to do anything. And I needed something or someone to slam my brakes because I clearly wasn't. Yeah, but how are you feeling now after your rest? Well, I'm still resting. I'm not doing a lot. I, yeah. I, I, the suit, as soon as I got sick, so even before I realized it was COVID, I was like, this is it. I'm taking the rest of the month off. I'm taking the rest of the year off. I'm done. Mm. Like, I, it's really podcast, clearly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, but, and, but I'm doing little things. Every day, like not not for the first two weeks, <laughs> no nothing. But now I'm like I'm picking up like one thing a day, but really, but only after I've done all the stuff that I would love to do for my self care. So like, let's go for a little walk or go for a long walk, which is uh, a tricky thing. I'm learning now that if I go for a long walk, I need to sit down at least three times because my lungs will hurt so badly. Uh, like I feel really, really old. How about our goals? <laughs> How about our goals? Okay, so I have actually partially achieved mine. I would say 
Tell me about it. So my goal, my main goal was about writing and getting back into the writing. And I haven't done it every day because some days have been quite chaotic. But actually, we went to Devon to see Marcus's family. That, that's another Christmas thing that you have to fit in, <laughs> um, you know, to take the presents and the rest of it. So you, you're travelling at the worst time of year and I can't get time off work. So, yeah. So, but I used the time that I was there, the time that I had, to kickstart getting back into writing. And I've done that by organising the first book in the series. So I was making like little cards, you know, for each of the characters because I can't remember what they look like. Well, it's been a while. I <laughs> know. So I've started by organising and writing out, you know, what happens in each chapter, so dividing it into chapters. So then it didn't feel like such a massive task because I had only had to kind of go through one chapter and write out the outline of that chapter. And also every character that I came across do a card for. So what did they look like? What do they look like? Who are they? <laughs> That's <laughs> Who this? Um, but this is that sounds almost like a, a story bible kind of thing. Yeah, but it yes, and it will get me into because it's already got me into thinking about how to take the story forward. It's already there in my it's there in my subconscious. The story, the whole story is there, but the detail of it isn't. But it's it's interesting, right? Because and this is why I always say that every time we spend on our stories is writing, because as you were busy with that, the other stories started flowing again. Yeah, yeah. So for me it's just it's tapping into that creativity. Yeah. You're basically the prodding the muse saying, hey. I'm still here. And then the muse is like, what, what? And she wakes up and she starts bringing you your information. Yes. Because you fall back in love with your characters. That as well. Yeah. Yeah. And because I've not published the first one, I can ch also change it. You know, if I have some better ideas for the future. So is this, <coughs> sorry, is this the series you're doing with Amy? It is, yeah, yeah. I thought the first one was published. Oh, the first trilogy is. Oh, so like a spin-off kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So you're well, going to wait. The way you publish, you and Amy, is you wait until the trilogy is finished. Not normally, but because I've been so long with this one. <laughs> and I think Amy was, Amy was at a different difficult point as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I've kind of we've kind of uh, we've it's just worked out well for both of us that there's no rush to publish it, and I wanted to make sure I'd written it because there's nothing worse than being under pressure to finish a trilogy. 
I cannot imagine that kind. I already have, I have a series of tarot books that I'm really struggling with. And it was actually one of my goals to figure out what was wrong with it and fix it. And it's not going to happen. And that is a really annoying pressure that these books are out there and it's promising an entire series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've actually had thoughts of, I just need to unpublish the whole thing. So it's not like, you know, uh, so either I deal with the pressure or I feel like I need to unpublish it because it, the, the, the pressure is yeah. too much. But, exactly. But this is why with my, my fiction work, I am like, if I ever do publish before everything is finished, I will, for example, only publish the first book when the third book is already completely drafted, at least like the first draft. Yeah. So I know I can reach the end. And with this massive series that uh, I haven't been writing in over the past couple of weeks, there's, there's sort of like, it's it's in my head, not on my head, on, on the wall, actually, it's 15 books. And it started in my head with five. And then I found another story arc and then I found another story arc. And then I realized there's actually a huge over sort of like this, this one arc that sort of envelopes all 15 books. So for that one, I'm, I'm rather thinking I'll finish the first five because mm. that is, there is sort of an end. Yeah. And then I open it up again. Right. Uh, but at least it's something that's not, you're not in the middle. Yeah, and going to disappoint everyone. Like, yeah, because, uh, because <laughs> the, the idea of finishing 15 books before I start publishing them, that also terrifies me. Because as you <laughs> as you know, I'm not a fast writer at all. Well, no, I think I was in a different place when we did the first one. And we did publish as we went along, but there was a momentum to it that I failed to have with this trilogy. <laughs> and bearing in mind, I hadn't, I didn't plan them out. There was very little planning in any of it, but it was there and it came together, thankfully, and it's fine. But yeah, this, this feels a bit different. And I feel like if we did put the first, because the first book's finished, we could put the first one out. I would feel the pressure. To, and maybe it would be a good thing to have some pressure. In fact, I know it would be a good thing to have some pressure, but it feels too much pressure. To... But it's a balancing act, right? Yeah. Cause, yeah. And, and this is why I'm like with all my whole, you know, my whole planning thing, Right. Yes, you have to plan, but yes, you have to remain flexible. Because if you set it in stone, that's really that's that's too much pressure. But if you don't know what you're working towards, so even if you're not gonna, even if you're not gonna make the deadline that you set for yourself, just the fact the deadline was there will probably have brought you closer to finishing it than if you hadn't written down that you wanted to do X by Y. And that, you probably just there nailed my problem. Deadline. I haven't got a deadline. And that's what I need to set myself. So how do you usually... Um, 
how do you usually reach deadlines like do you have like because the thing is if you if you if you're one of those writers who counts word count it's much easier to say by that day in the future like this book i'm i'm expecting this book to become 90,000 words right yeah if your goal is 1500 words a day you can make the calculation yeah right but i just spend an hour writing some yeah. days that's 1500 words sometimes it's 300 sometimes it's well rarely but sometimes it's 2000 so that is that is why ever since i started doing that my my fiction this is for fiction for me. Uh, nonfiction works differently for me for some reason. Um, but why for fiction it is, I've become much more vague. My, my, my deadlines are more like, by that time, I would love to have finished this draft. That's kind of the tender language I use around it. Yeah. Um, but like, of course, like the goals I had have not been happening. So that is for me. So that's why I, I have to be really kind to myself. Um, but of course, if you do word count, that is different. I mean, I just I just need to set a realistic ish deadline. So I love how you go realistic ish. <laughs> I don't yeah, because I don't generally set realistic deadlines. <laughs> So I'm immediately thinking, yes, I should finish book two by June. <laughs> yeah, but I remember when I first joined you on the podcast, you're like, when we first did, what are you going to do next year? You're like, I'm going to write six novels. Yeah. Did I get a Spaniel and then I got a Collie? And they, they are real think I think that year with the six novels, I think you got a Spaniel. Yeah. So dogs are definitely your self-sabotage. <laughs> um, no, but um, so this, but this is, and this is why, and I'm really, so last year, right, I, I was, um, I had the arrogance to think I'm so great at planning, I don't need my own planner anymore. I love that. Yeah, I think my ego got the best of. I had the thing is, I had a really good year, not necessarily personally, but career wise, 2022 was a really good year. And I think my ego was like, see, we've got this sister. Um, so I let go of a lot of stuff that I'm usually very particular about, like my planning. And <laughs> I went completely off the rails. So, because I didn't plan. I planned like two main things and those were my Kickstarter campaigns. And for the rest, I was sort of like flailing a little bit. Feeling, yeah. I've been, I've been feeling adrift the entire year. Um, and I had a reason, I had a reason to stop planning because, because 2022 was such a great year um, career wise, but also financially, I had a lot of work in that year. It meant that there was very little room for creativity. 
I hardly had any time to just sort of like sit about, do nothing and like let inspiration strike me. So I was like, I don't want that anymore. So I did a 180. And that was where I went wrong. The only thing I needed to do was to schedule time to do nothing or do things that I know uh, inspire my muse. Uh, yeah. Or sort of like back in her, like make her want to show up. So that's a lesson I learned <clears throat> in 2023. That I definitely need to plan, but I need to, I am very good at planning from like 8 a.m. in the morning or well, actually 7 a.m. since I, that's when I start writing until 10 p.m. in the evening. So I just need to create space in there. So that's what I'm going to try in 2024. And I think my lessons are, well, there, there are a couple. One is I, I, I talked about my writing goal there, but I did have other goals around my yoga and yes. meditation. I did have goals around that, but they weren't, again, they weren't very realistic, you know, that I was going to do them every day. It was going to be a habit. You know, but again, like you've just said, there's no room for that because I'd forgotten about cooking and eating and doing the housework and shopping, food shopping and that sort of thing. I hadn't included that in. Um, but interestingly, you know, I was doing the canny cross three times a week. And then I hurt my knee and I wasn't doing the canny cross three times a week, but I didn't have more time. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Well, work. I had a little bit of a void there and work filled it, like my day job work filled it. And it was, part of that was that we've had sickness at work, so... So that that there was a pressure to do stuff. But part of it was also the fact that I could, because if I'd have still been doing the runs, I wouldn't have been able to allow work to fill it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So the question is, was it perfectly timed that you busted your knee because work was going to get yeah busy or once you busted your knees should you have set up immediately boundaries around your work yeah I think I actually think that if I hadn't have done the work when I did it that would have created a lot of stress for me so if you if you hadn't been able to step in at your yeah. So this is the thing. I'm not saying that that is. I'm, I'm I'm literally asking that question because I think it can go both ways, right? Sometimes it is perfect timing, yeah, because you are needed elsewhere, right? Other times, I would, like for me, example. So I am currently um, just something that makes me think about. I'm currently housing one of the stray cats who live next door. And 
I found that he was sick. He has the flu. That was at the, at, at the end of my COVID contagion. So I got tested. Uh, the day after I was tested negative, I was able to catch him and bring him to the vet. So I had one of those. <laughs> this boy needs a lot of care now because I need to put like cream, creams and drops in his eyes five times a day. And he also realized that he loves snuggling. So he wants attention too. So I spent quite a bit of time on him. Right. And the first couple of days he was like vomiting and stuff. So I was doing a lot of laundry. So I, for a moment I went, Oh God, right. I, I was, I was going to rest. I was going to take time. I was going to read the books that I haven't been reading. And now I have this. Or is it perfect timing? Mm. So, and I'm saying that it's very similar situations. Sometimes it's, answer A and sometimes it's answer B. Sometimes it's because we don't have boundaries. And sometimes it's something happened, space is created because we're actually needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is something we just have to reflect on while yeah. we're living. Yeah. I actually think it is B. The space was needed at that time. I'm on top of things much better now. But when my colleague went off, I share a lot of the sites, the way that the workloads, a lot of it fell on me. And without that space, I think I would have, I would have probably ended up having to cancel some of the runs. And then I would have resented that massively (laughs) because there should be boundaries and it's really important to have that time to yourself. But it was it has been for quite a short space of time, relatively. I think that's important as well. It's like, you know, I'm very much about healthy boundaries, but sometimes, right, this sort of flexibility is needed. But again, like you have to reflect and be really careful that it doesn't become a long-term thing. And also, especially in, in cases with you, like when it's your day job, like eating away at time that's usually reserved for you, like, can you look at it now and go like, okay, this situation was created because there is something structurally wrong. Yeah. Like, is there a way that maybe when a person gets sick, it doesn't all fall on one other person? Like, could that system internally be structured differently? Maybe the answer is no. But yeah. I would say that's another question to ask. Like, and maybe it's not just with jobs, but also with family stuff like wh- why if why if one domino falls right why does yeah. it end up be- becoming your problem yeah is there a way that it doesn't all fall onto you yeah i i think actually thinking about it i think i needed to spot that earlier and i needed to ask for help at work that's what i needed to do and could you have spotted it earlier? I think so. I think I could have anticipated anticipated the effect of my colleague going off. And although I, I suppose initially I didn't know how I, it, we thought it was a short-term thing, 
And then it, like these things do, it stretched and stretched. So I kind of ignored aspects for mm. a little while. And then they became quite urgent. They needed sorting quite urgently when she didn't come back. And I think what I needed to do was take a step out when I'm, as soon as I realised she wasn't coming back and go, right, so who can help me here? Yeah. Rather than trying to do it all. What needs to be tweaked or pivoted? So, yeah, but so this is the thing for me. It's like sometimes these things just happen and you just have to step in. Yeah, yeah. But then for me, it's always instead of then go, okay, fine, and just sort of like you can surrender to something and like with, with this sort of resentment, right? Like fine. Or you can surrender to it and then being fully aware of what's happening and then looking at it and go like, okay, I understand that this is what was needed right now, but what can I learn from how this went down so that maybe in the future it doesn't happen like this? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is a bit complicated because it wasn't quite as straightforward as that because she went off sick and one of the other one of the sites that we cover, they went into absolute chaos, which meant that they weren't doing their part of the work and were completely, you know, not even in control of their own work, which obviously ends up with crises for me to deal with. Yeah, so that that was also something that. I couldn't have anticipated and I couldn't mm. have done. No, but I'm not saying you should have anticipated it beforehand. I'm saying that when you're in a situation like this, and like I said, like I think it could work for anyone in, in on every aspect of life. Like how can you anticipate it next time? So for example, you realize that that part went into chaos. Yeah. So I am guessing that the members of that part need to be invited for a meeting or discussed with, and they need to sort their shit. So that yeah. doesn't happen again. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's so, I'm not, so I'm not saying that you could have prevented it. I'm just saying if you're in it anyway, okay, then look at, okay, where what's what's happening? How is this going? How is this affecting all, like every, everyone? And where could we have done better? And can we then now use that knowledge for the future? Yeah. And that, I think the other thing is, is just spending a few minutes each day, taking, taking a step back to look at, or maybe each week or something, just taking that time out to look. I I know people who do that, right? Who have that, who have that as a habit, right? Like at the end of the day, go like, okay, how was today? So this is a bit similar, maybe to gratitude journaling, but I think it's a bit more open. Yeah, I've never tried it, but I, I know people do it. So you look at the day, you go, okay, so what went well? What didn't go so well? What can I learn from that? And how would I want this to go down next time? Mm. And then actually envision that. Um, and that doesn't have to take like 
an hour of journaling, right? That can be like a five minute conversation with yourself before you go to bed. Um, but I've heard people who do that. So yeah, that could be really helpful. But I think especially when these sort of like events, right, that stand out, like yeah. they bring chaos. I think, and I think this has partly to do with that because of the chaos at the end, everybody's exhausted and just happy that they've, you know, that they made it to the other end. And then work just starts up again and it's always busy. So you don't actually take the time to go back and, okay, so what actually happened there? And what could have could have been prevented? So how can we prevent it the next time? Yeah, yes. Yeah. I've made some notes about this. <laughs> have I just gone into business coaching? No, I'm liking it though because it's it's – giving me a little bit of a sense of control over the situation. Well, I'm thinking this is like applicable to so many aspects. Like, because I'm also thinking Christmas, like what happens when you have this whole Christmas thing planned and then the family member who was supposed to make the main dish falls ill. Yeah. Right, like how could you not? How could you have prevented that? Because I think that is very. That's getting first of all, it's getting very stuck in the past, and it's also sort of. It, I think it easily leads to a blame game, which is not productive. Yeah. But rather a okay, so more an acknowledging like okay, so this happened, and then with curiosity go like, how. Why why did it why did it get out of hand? Yeah. And where can we improve things a little bit? Like why can we tweak things a little bit so that the next time if something similar happens, not everything falls apart. Or yeah. like in, in your case, like one person has to deal with not just somebody falling ill, which is not their fault, but then if some people for some reason cannot do their job anymore, mm. that is something I think you could talk to them about and be like, what, what happened there? And how can we make sure it doesn't happen again? Because that shouldn't fall onto you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have a bit of a savior complex, then I'm cool with it. I, I, I do work with people like that. And I work with people that, wouldn't be willing to take that step back because they're almost invested in being a martyr to the situation. Um, yeah. I, I was joking, of course, because if you do have a savior complex, get a therapist. I know. Yeah. I know. I do work with people like that. And I suppose nursing attracts people like that. I absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. 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 It's so, I think this is one of those like nursing, like writing, right? People, and like teaching, people call it a calling. But it feels to me often that now we've labeled it as a calling. Yeah. We're not fixing when teachers get burned out or nurses get burned out or writers are struggling. We, we don't fix the system. Because it because when we label it a calling, 
sort of the responsibility for the for the job being hard to do or like if with writers like it's hard to sustain yourself sometimes stuff like that it becomes your personal problem it becomes yeah. an individual problem instead of that it reflects on the system yes yes mm. yeah but i can definitely there are there are things that i don't want to tackle because it's not my responsibility to tackle them. So I, I can highlight the issue with other members of the team. <laughs> but equally, I can be responsible for my... But I'm not their manager. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not the manager. So it's not my responsibility to kind of get them to look at their own behaviour. But I can highlight it. Yes, I, I had that when you, you said that, that I, I, I am not the manager. That makes me think of weapon. Do you know weaponized incompetence? No. Tell me about that. That is when people go, they, I've, I've, I've learned it through uh, someone commenting on it's, it's what a lot of men still do to get away from, and it's, they're not doing it consciously, right? Um, but it is a is a thing to get out of um, contributing to household like chores and stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. Suddenly, <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, but you're just like you come in. You're like you didn't fold the laundry. Well, I never do it right according to you. Yeah. So I thought, why bother? Or you're just that much faster when you do the dishes or mop the floors. So. And I think, like I, you, when you said I'm not the manager, like I remember being a very underpaid person working in a hardware store, and there's so many things I did extra, yeah, in the boss's time mostly though. So I think that made it that made me say, yeah, it's fine. But there are so many people who. So I had one floor, right? But there was ev everybody needed me for something. It's like, oh, but you're so good at that. But you're so good at that. Like, for example, there was one guy and he was supposed to do like email communication and stuff, uh, especially when we became like a web shop. And then, but he couldn't type like I do. Like I, I, I can blind type. Yeah. And also, of course, like I was there at that time, I was already pursuing my PhD as well, right? So it's easy for me to write, right? It's easy for me to communicate. That's not his background, right? But they, he used, he really used it in a, right? Can you just do this for me? And at one point, I'm like, you're just sitting there all day, just opening emails and then calling me to come answer them for you. And because I'd seen some of the emails that he sent, and I'm like, I also represent this, this business, right? I also felt bad. So I felt like, yeah, <laughs> if I don't send the email, these, this person is going to get an email with like lots of spelling mistakes, not a proper uh, good afternoon, ma'am. Like, you know, 
not like not 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 service friendly stuff like that. So yeah, that's sort of what dragged me. And at one point, I'm like, I don't. I'm never on my floor anymore because I do shit for other for my all my other colleagues. Yeah. There's always this one person who will then step up. Yes. When yeah. you know when things go to hell, <laughs> and um, it, it looks like you are that person, and I'm also that person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I think I think that's true. Um, I don't necessarily think it's how other people would see it. If we take on board what people are giving us, then we're a party to that, to that and we don't necessarily have to. I, th- I think for a lot of us, we think that, oh, now I'm stuck in this role. Yeah. But there's no, there's, there's no reason you cannot at one point say, yeah, I'm done. And it's like everything... Becoming aware of it is the first step. Yeah, but I think that is sort of like the common thread through the podcast. It is. It's all about once you're aware of this, self-awareness. Yeah. It it completely is. But it's nice to kind of notice it. Yeah, but I think you can't change anything without understanding what's happening around what's happening within you and what's happening around you because you don't live in a vacuum or on a deserted island even though I mean that sounds like bliss to me so often but that's not how it goes so you have to deal whether it's be- because of your day job, with you, you have a spouse, you have like uh, you have maybe kids, um, you have a parent who needs looking after, so you have to fit your creativity in there somehow, and you can't. This is why, like, also with like with your planning, right? Like, like, w- what are my goals for the next year? There's no use thinking about these goals without thinking about your other um, responsibilities. Yes. And then, of course, it's important that with each of these responsibilities, you've set healthy boundaries already. Because otherwise, things definitely will go to hell, like your plans will definitely not work out the way you want them. And then I think when you're aware of what what your responsibilities are, which responsibilities you happily accept, I think it's also easier to become a bit more flexible around your, not flexible to the extent that you let people walk over you, but flexible in like a healthy way. Like, okay, I need, I know, like what you did now, like, you know, like I need to budge right now because otherwise... Not saying that I'm happy with how this is happening, but otherwise I just create so much trouble for me in the future. Yeah. But like I said, like the only thing I think is an important step that we then not do is then look back and say, okay, so what needs to be changed? So this doesn't happen to me again. So I don't need to budge again in the same way. Yeah. I feel a conversation coming on with my boss. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, boss. Yes. And um, 
and and also incorporating that little step back because when you're overwhelmed it's it's harder to take that step back isn't it yeah and also like i said like when you're overwhelmed and then you made it two to the other end and you're exhausted you're just happy that you made it through yeah and you just want to forget about the whole thing and i think this is why some patterns remain because because we do not actually sit for a second well maybe longer than a second <laughs> but we don't sit with it for a bit and be like okay what happened what did i like about this what could have gone different we, whose responsibilities became my responsibilities to what extent am I okay with that? To what extent am I not? So what needs to be changed for the future? Okay, so you're going to talk. So one of your intentions for this new year is you're going to talk to your boss. It is. I've written it down on the list. Okay, so but creatively, what are your intentions? I don't like resolutions. What are your intentions? Okay. So don't say finishing six novels because I no. will fly down and smack you. No, first of all, I am going to look at what would be a realistic time to finish my next novel. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna focus on realistic planning. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why like my author journal planner is set up the way it is, is that as you work through it, you learn you you become more realistic about your planning. Yeah, I like that. Because you reflect every week on, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what didn't I do, what did I do? So you become more aware, that's our keyword again, you become more aware of what you can actually do. Yeah. And sometimes that's more than you think, and sometimes that's much less than you think. Very much depends on what kind of person you are. Um, I've got other goals as well, though, not just writing goals, and I need to incorporate those as well. Yeah, so that is, I'm assuming it has to do with yoga, meditation, and the doggies. <laughs> yeah. Well, my dogs always get in there and come first. Well, that's very com- that's very normal to me because we might not have human children um but i think we're very much yeah pet parents yeah i don't consider yeah. myself a pet owner because i think i'm owned <laughs> by them by them <laughs> um but yeah whenever it happens yeah they come first their needs come first yeah <laughs> Yes. So, so, but I do, I suppose my point is that I, that I've got my writing goals, but I've also got my other goals that I want to take account of fitness goals and lifestyle goals. uh, And the meditation just keeps me. I find that you can't really. Like your creative self does not live separately from your other selves. Yeah, exactly. Right? So you have to you have to balance them together. And I think if you sacrifice one part of yourself for another part, that's just that's not sustainable. 
So you have to work on getting the balance. So I think you do have to acknowledge, okay, like you can say I'm going to write seven hours a, a day, right? Um, but if you do not have any fitness goals in that, that is on, on the long term, that's not very healthy. Mm. So it's definitely, I think it's really about finding that balance, like, and not letting oneself take over the other self. Yeah. So I think if you just <clears throat> see yourself as like a diamond with all those facets, right? Yeah. Like if people people who are listening who are like mothers, right? Or fathers, right? Just parents or any in any kind of shape. Um that is just one part of you. That's not your identity. Right. I think thinking, because there's so many people who struggle with creating time for creativity when they are a parent, right? Because they feel bad because they're not supposed to want to do something else than, you know, especially this is especially, of course, true uh, for uh, mothers. Um, so I'm like understanding yourself, like, like mother is one thing that you are, but a creative person is another thing that you are, right? And a, a daughter is another thing that you are. And a partner, if you have a partner, is another thing that you are. And a, a pet parent is another thing that you are. I'm wondering whether if you look at it like that, it's easier to balance. But if, because if you, if you put one of those, if you take one of those facets and make it like the main thing, I think it becomes much harder to set boundaries, yeah, and and prioritize the other things, yeah, because you're all of those things, and I think it's not healthy for your spirit and your soul and your heart if you don't acknowledge each of these aspects in the way that they should be acknowledged. Yeah. But for that year, you're writing them down. Yeah, and this is why I'm really glad that I'm going to work with my own, like with 50 weeks of writing again, <laughs> because that really created space for me because there's so much space to plan your things. And when I was using them, so I did that for how many, how many, how many years has it been? Anyway, all the years that I've had it until, uh, and of course, I was doing that type of planning even before I actually made the planner. So I don't even know how long I've been doing it like that. Um, but that made me able to, there's so much space that I always wrote down. Okay, so like my daily yoga, my daily meditation, and it all became things that I need to take off. So that is, um, so yeah, it made it easier for me to plan these other things into my life as well. For some reason, that just didn't work out as well this year. But probably because I wasn't ticking off any of these boxes. So sometimes by the evening, I forgot. Did I do yoga? I don't know. Did I meditate? I don't know. Did I do, did, did I do Reiki today? Uh, I'm talking self-Reiki in that case. I really can't remember because my day has been so chaotic because I've been doing so many things. So, yeah, I'm thinking that that will just, because that's how I used to do it. So I'm thinking that's going to uh, help me get that back. That's what's going to change. Yeah, and I've done, I've done, I've done. So for me, it's more like, it's not like I don't do yoga or that I don't. Uh, it's more, it's been a bit more at random this year. 
uh, and I really wanted to try, like, what happens if I just go with the flow? Well, there is no flow. There is just an endless ocean, and I don't see where I'm going. Um, so, yeah, I need a bit of planning and structure to flow. Uh, clearly, that's definitely something I learned. So we're going to do another check-in? Yeah, at some point. I think we actually scheduled that. I can't remember now when, but we have a list. Listeners, we have a list. We're actually, aside from these past couple of weeks, we're actually quite organized. We're going into 2024 quite organized. I think it's a quarterly check-in, isn't it? Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. And she said, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Let's see what this year is going to bring us. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter or visit our website at divingintowriting.com. We'd love to hear from you and if you'd like to leave us a review, we'd be ever so grateful. Bye for now.